You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast for Kingsway Christian Church, where we take what we talked about Sunday a step further. Hope to remind you what we discussed, dig it into your heart, maybe give some practical tips or something based that we didn't have time to cover on Sunday to just dig you a little little deeper and go a little further. So I want to pick up where we talked Sunday. Sunday, if you weren't there, we talked about the book of Ezekiel, a really hard book, perhaps the first or second hardest book in the entire Bible to follow and to teach on, especially in one weekend. But I gave this challenge. I said that God is looking for someone who will live for him. He's been looking for that since the very beginning, since the garden, when Adam and Eve failed. And then if you go through every single subsequent generation, nobody successfully does it, at least until we get to Jesus in the New Testament. And he fulfills the law completely. He, he does everything the Father asks him to do, all the way to even death on the cross. And it's powerful because he did what we couldn't do so that he could give us what we couldn't attain on our own, which is eternal life, life and relationship back with God the Father again. So what I want to do now is take you to back to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 15, and we're going to look at the people of God, Israel, and how they failed to live for God and what happened, and then connect that back to Jesus for us. All right, so Ezekiel chapter 15, what happens or what it says is Ezekiel 15 verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, how is the wood of a vine different from that of a branch from any of the trees in the forest? Is wood ever taken from it to make anything useful? Do they make pegs from it to hang things on? And after it is thrown on the fire as fuel and the fire burns both ends and chars the middle, is it then useful for anything? If it was not useful for anything when it was whole, how much less can it be made into something useful when the fire has burned it and it is charred? Now, there's something really cool kind of going on here, a couple things. Number one, God just flipped a vine analogy on the people of Israel. So throughout the Old Testament, Israel is compared to a vine, and a vine that God created, that God birthed, that God cared for, and that God intends to produce much fruit. Uh, And so the people were viewing their situation through that lens. You can find some of those if you're curious to look them up. Psalm 80, Isaiah 5, 1 through 7, Jeremiah 2, 21. Hosea 10.1, if you enjoy looking those things up to see what I'm referring, there's some reference points for you. And there are even some others. The point, though, of those analogies is the people of Israel are now living in exile. They've been attacked by the Babylonians not once but twice. The second time, carried away, kind of deported and carried off. But there's still some people left. The temple still stands. Their hope, in essence, their hope is that because the temple still stands, we've been through this before, it's just a matter of time, soon God's going to take us out of here, take us back to the land, back to the temple, and life will go on as it always had. What they didn't realize, what they didn't understand and appreciate, is God is trying to dislodge from them their dependence on the temple, their dependence on this false connection, false relationship with him, and instead having a very deep, very real, very profound connection for him with him. That was the goal. The temple wasn't the goal. God was the goal. Now, God birthed Israel, this vine, because he wanted it to bear much fruit so that they could take his laws, his truth, his ways to the nations. He could, They could be, so to speak, a salt and a light that they could reveal the glory of God's ways to a world that is very dark and at times broken and needing of direction. But Israel was failing to keep those laws. In fact, they had become just as evil and as vile as the foreign nations, and even in some ways worse than some of the other nations. And I don't have time to go into all that, but God is now turning this analogy of the vine on its head. And he's saying, basically, you know, any other tree in the forest, if a branch falls off, you can find another purpose for that branch. But not so of a grapevine. 
It's got no purpose except for to be thrown on the fire to be burned. And if it is burned and is charred at both ends, again, they were attacked twice by, Bab- by Babylon. So it's charred at both ends. If the wood in the middle, it's got no benefit. It literally has no purpose. You can't use vine wood for anything except for to produce fruit. Now, what I want to do is jump to the New Testament because Jesus picks up the same analogy and does it a very subtle way. And he says in John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. So the first thing Jesus does is he lets everybody know, he's talking to the disciples, but he lets us know the vine is not Israel. The vine is Jesus. God is the gardener. He's taking this analogy. He's building on it a little further. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Again, taking the same analogy. If you take a vine, you separate it. Uh, If you take a branch, you separate it from the vine, it has no benefit. But if it remains connected to the vine, it can produce much fruit. He goes on in verse 3, and he tells the disciples, but this is applicable to us today, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So this is powerful because there's this deep connection between Jesus, who is called the word by John in John chapter 1, and remember this is John 15, and also the words of God, the word of God, we call it the Bible, because all of the Bible beginning and points us to Jesus, explains to us our need for Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus is going to do in the world, what's Jesus up to, what's Jesus want from us. That's basically what the Bible does. It tells us all about Jesus. When Jesus says to the disciples, look, uh, you're already clean. You're already pruned because I have been with you. I have taught you. I have revealed to you my ways. But now those same people then took the words of God and told them to everybody else. And they were even written down for us and recorded for us today. And just last night, my wife and I were reading about many of these disciples, and if I'm saying this correctly, I think it was Bartholomew who actually took the written down book, the gospel of Matthew, and took it to some other nations where he was sharing the gospel. Again, they took these words very seriously from Jesus. They wrote them down. They reminded each other what Jesus said. They encouraged each other what Jesus said because the words of God written down for us, are there to clean us, to prune us, to grow us in faithfulness. Why? So that we would live for God. God is looking for somebody who will live for him. Apart from Jesus, I could do nothing. Apart from Jesus, my greatest efforts continue to fail me. That's exactly what Jesus goes on to say. Verse four, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if your life isn't bearing fruit for God, there are two ways to look at fruit, and I think both of them are accurate. Number one, we're told in Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit We know what those are, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You you know those fruit. So if you're finding your life struggling to find those, the answer for how to get those is to, to draw near to Jesus. In fact, I just recently heard a study that showed that if you if you connect with God one time a week, there's a small improvement in your life in these kinds of areas. Uh, at two times a week, it doesn't change much. At three times a week, it doesn't change much. But something significant happened at four times a week. When people gauged with God at four times a week, they were less anxious. They were less stressed. They were less tempted. They were more faithful. They were becoming the people that God intended for them to become. Engaging with God's word four times or more a week was significant 
in their growth. Why? Because if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Jesus goes on in verse 5 and he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Not one thing. At the men's retreat this past weekend, I I took a a little branch of grapes and I held it up and I said, man, this thing is great. And the grapes were, oh, they were luscious. They tasted amazing. But at the top of the branch, it was already starting to turn brown because it had been severed from the vine. And I said, hey, the next go around, is this thing going to produce any fruit? And the obvious answer is no. So we can sometimes fake it for a season based off our former connectivity to God. But the reality is if we want to continue to produce fruit in our lives, we must stay connected to the vine. That's where we find life. That's where we find our usefulness. That's where we find our hope. So I don't know how this hits you today, but here's my encouragement to you. Would you find a way to connect to the vine today? If maybe you've fallen away, slipped away, you've not taken it real serious, there are so many ways that you can do this today whether it's downloading the Bible app and starting a Bible study, gathering together with some people, maybe it's just reaching out to a friend, or maybe it's a friend you haven't talked to in a long time and just saying, man, would you help me, help hold me accountable? Maybe it's just falling on your knees today or whispering a quiet prayer if you're driving in your car and just say, God, would you help me? I need to reconnect to you. And then just watch how God shows off, but you got to keep showing up. May God bless you. We'll see you next time.